everybody. Uh, it is another new episode of Magic the Prothering. You know what, Megan? We haven't done a Prothering in quite a long time, so I'm happy to be back here in the Prothering seat with you. Yes, absolutely. And not only is this the first Prothering after a while, so it's awesome. Yeah. But we not have not just one. But Maria, we have two guests. Two guests. Two on guests. On this episode four of Magic the Prothering, they're all episode four, spoiler alert. Why? Why would we invite two guests? Because they're brothers. What? That's amazing. Not only are they brothers, they're killing it in standard. And they're adorable. Oh, absolutely. And we have to say thank you uh, before we begin as well to all of our uh, listeners and supporters on patreon.com slash mtacast. That's right. These bonus prothering episodes are for you. That's right. And also our sponsor, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash mtacast, an awesome place to pick up all of your sleeves and et cetera needs. <laughs> Boosters, magic cards. I don't know why sleeves was what came out I of I have a lot of et cetera like, needs, Megan. <laughs> Don't we all, man? All Don't right. We all. Uh, so let's say a big, warm, prothering welcome to Corey Bosmeister and Brad Nelson. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks for having how's us. It, how's it going, everyone? We're we're going great, by we're the way. We're going great. Just great. <laughs> and the reason Megan alluded to that we wanted to have you two on the show is because. You are just adorable and wonderful and are a great example of family members having fun playing magic together. But also, you are just straight up killing it in standard. Yes. <laughs> also, 100%. this would be my second time doing a prothering, so I had to have an excuse to do another one, which was Corey. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Brad is a prothering veteran. If you want to listen to his episode, you can, of course, go back through our archives and find his solo episode. But uh, now you get a two for one. Yep. Um... <laughs> So uh, speaking of, so Brad, you've been like a longtime pro, you know, um, familiar face on the pro scene for quite a while. Uh, Corey, you kind of uh, like, you've been on the pro tour before, but it was kind of like on again, off again. Uh, but then no. with this uh, most, like this year kind of, you, you've just been like you, you qualified via an RPTQ, then you won New Jersey and you were just sort of like, I'm not stopping. This is an yeah. unstoppable train. Making a run on it. It's been a blast. Yeah, uh, something also that a lot of people don't know is Corey was, in fact, on the Pro Tour before I was. Oh, what? yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell this Brad story. Was the one, Brad was the one at home making the phone calls, jealous about me playing against, like, Kenny Oberg and stuff. It was a cool feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he qualified a year before I did. Uh, we both got our start in the same uh, PTQ area, Winnipeg. Uh, we both won it uh, a year uh, uh, before me, and then I won the next one. But uh, Corey played a Worlds and a Pro Tour before I even touched uh, a Pro Point. Wow. <laughs> oh, I didn't wow, know wow. that. Um, mm -hmm. So speaking of like... Then he, of course, outdid me and took ninth in his first Pro Tour. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you finish at your first Pro Tour, Corey? I finished 55th when oh, top okay. 50 at the time requalified you. So it was it was nice, but bittersweet. Oh, fair enough. Daggers. Fair enough. Like a good finish, but it's like, oh, but five so places. Close. So <laughs> close. <laughs> uh, which one of you, like, did you guys get started playing Magic at the same time? Did one of you get started playing first and kind of drag the other in? Well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag, Corey. I'll, I'll be the one to admit this. We, in fact, started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! together. <laughs> um, oh boy. Was, yeah i know i know i know but the, the world needs to know it uh and uh about two months after we started playing Yu Gi Oh, 
a friend of mine in high school uh, invited me to play Magic in the cafeteria. Now that I'm, you know, got my feet wet with card games, I was pretty excited. Somebody years before that, a uh, friend of mine, his name actual Tycoon, not Tyler. It's it's his last name's Coon, and his parents named him Ty. Um, Amazing. He, yeah, he tried Shout to teach me in middle school. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to teach me in middle school, but I wasn't having it. But then when I was about 16, I started playing, and within the first week, I just bought a bunch of cards because I had a job and I only played video games. So I had, you know, $5,000 in the bank that dwindled really fast once I learned about magic. But I grabbed <laughs> a bunch of cards from the store and I ran over to our, our dad's house and I'm like, Corey, you got to play this game. It's fun. And we just went off from there. At first, I was kind of disappointed because I liked attacking for 9,000 instead of, you know, five or six. <laughs> Is that how it works in Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't even know. I've never played. Yeah, there's a lot of high numbers, to say the least. It's it's. I don't even remember the starting life total, but I think it's like forty thousand or something. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. That's it's 20. ridiculous. Forty thousand like, twenty. What is this? This creature attacks yeah. for four. Yeah. I'm never gonna kill him. Yeah. Brad doesn't remember his starting life total because his was depleting so fast. <laughs> <laughs> So when you started off, I mean, uh, when you're first learning, how did it feel? Did you feel like immediately that this was a game you were both going to get into deep and start making like competitive runs at it? How did that kind of evolve into both of you sort of being at the top of your game on the Pro Tour and at these Grand Prix? Well, it was it was about five years before we ever did anything competitive with Magic. Since we're so isolated in Bismarck, Mandan, or Dakota, if we wanted to play a PTQ or something like that, that was a six hour drive and that was just nonsensical at the time. So we just played at our local game store. That was very casual. Uh, we got a magic online account and um, I mean, we didn't really at the beginning have that much on it. I remember one of the first, like we had budget decks and just like grinded out some tournaments, but we, we, we bled tickets all the time, but it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't until I would say, I don't even know if Corey got that competitive around that time. Because you took another little break during high school, I think, or or early teens. Yeah. I remember coming up to you for advice on my 79-card uh, deck, justifying the extra cards. Yeah. Two years into playing, I think, you know? Yeah, and, and I kept playing Magic Online until um, for about, like, four years. And then that's when – I think it was uh, – Corey qualified for a JSS, and I qualified for a Nationals, like, two years in a row – and that's really when we got our competitive itch around 2005 and six. So we played for, I guess, three, four years uh, before we did anything competitive with the game. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guys feel like you have um, very different or very similar play styles? Like, do you feel like having like known each other basically the entirety of your magic lives? Uh, do you think that's influenced the way that you play? Yeah, I, I think we adapt a very similar play style like i i'm starting to play slower and slower every day you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just about to compliment you and say i don't think we have similar play styles at all i choose often incorrect lines when Corey chooses correct ones but <laughs> then, then you go with that um <laughs> i don't really know if that's it like the weird thing about our magic career is if we did influence each other in any way, it was very organic because I can't really look back at a time where I was like teaching Corey tr tips and tricks. We, we really learned the game together, which is pretty cool for siblings playing on the tables and, and just identifying things so much together that mm. there, there really isn't a time where I felt that like 
I was literally sitting there telling him how to play magic or vice versa. Yeah, I think uh, back in the day when we were living in the same house, we played a lot of magic online. And I think we that was like where I learned how to play the game more than anything. We like brought ourselves up very well. There's something like sitting over a, your brother's shoulder, watching each other play constantly. You know, I mean, I feel like we really helped each other out there. It wasn't like one giving each other more advice or and a fun fact about this is because uh, a lot of people won't know this either. We were also in like one of the same clans. And back then on Magic Online, you could only have 20 people in them until the newest version of Magic Online ruined that for everyone. Yeah, there was so much fun when you only had 20 people in them. But one of our clan members was actually John Rolfe. He he grew up playing Magic with us. And and he's yep. just starting to get his name in, in Magic. I mean, he, he top four Denver with us. And then now he just top four the Pro Tour. But uh, he's not a household name at all, but he's been around for 14 years and one of our influences as well. Oh, yeah. And Adam Gerchik, Brett Blackman. Like, we had a lot of players that definitely made their mark on the game. Yeah. When we were just having fun. I want to ask about, so my sister and I have had a lifelong sort of animosity towards each other. (laughs) We're super, super different and just never really could get the gears together to get along. I guess, um, do you think feel like magic brought you closer together as brothers or were you already close and follow-up question like what is it like playing in an environment that's sometimes competitive in which your brother is also competing uh i'll start this one off with more of the um animosity part uh i don't think magic really helped us stay together when we were younger um one of the I, honestly, it's not really a sad story, but it, it sounds like it. Like we have different mothers, and that's that was our um, our dad had uh, partial custody of both of us, so we would only spend maybe six days out of every two weeks together on his days off, and then on weekends or every other weekend. But what that meant is we never shared a bedroom. We never had to had to share a bathroom when we're getting ready for school. We never had to struggle to get attention from parents. None of the things that I think sometimes creates conflicts between siblings we kind of just spent fun time together yeah and and so we always were on the same team now there were times when we were growing up maybe like you know you know there's always that part where a younger brother idolizes the older brother and then argues with the older brother and then eventually respects the older brother (laughs) (laughs) Corey, do you feel like that was your trajectory (laughs) which stage are you now (laughs) which state is what which of those uh, three stages Which are you stage in stage are you in right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely still idolizing. <laughs> Watch but, out, Brad. Uh, that means arguing is coming somewhere down the line. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it happens every tournament where Corey's like, I'm like, you should do this. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, well, this is why you should do that. And he's like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the next part about the competition thing is I – don't really see anyone else on the pro tour that I am so much more invested in than my brother. And when, when we have to compete against each other, that's a, that's a gift to both of us. Like a lot of people are like, wow, it sucks. You had to play each other. I'm like, well, it's round 13 or 14 or 15 or top eight of this 1400 person tournament. Like that just means we're both doing well. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Oh yeah. When we had to play each other in the top four of Denver, I think it was like, uh, awesome moment like it sucked we had to play each other then instead of the finals but sitting across from each other and thinking like how far we've came and how many like uh kitchen table matches we played and the fact that we're there it's 
It's really cool. Yeah. Also, I knew I was going to win. So it was also, fun. I knew he was going to win too. <laughs> <laughs> I still can never beat my own brother. I mean, it's. You know. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that was that was the second GP that you both top aided in a row after GP Minneapolis was Denver. Um, do you guys feel like there's like what are you doing? That's letting you be so successful right now. That's helping you get there. Uh, I think we just, uh, I think we just adapt very well week to week. Like, I mean, those two GPs and then the two GPs after where Brad was seemingly absent in the top eight. I don't know if he's. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But we just adapt very well and like react to, we were basically reacting to our own decks for weeks. Like be like, people are going to play a lot of this deck now that we did well. So we're going to play the deck that beats it. And instead of just playing the same deck over and over, we were just constantly adapting. And I think that's huge for GPs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing is making sure that you have the right tool for the tournament. But another thing where we're seeing, like, I, I should have top eight of this last GP. I, I made a few mistakes in the event to to not do so. But seeing Corey top four of these last four standard Grand Prix, um, it's, it's just a testament to playing well, having a good deck, and getting a little bit lucky. Like, you can't say that that there aren't some situations that, that things run well, but to have that opportunity, you have to have the other two things. And right now, Corey's playing some unbelievable magic and standard, even at the Pro Tour going 8-2. So, like, there's there's four Grand Prix. There was, there was one where you top 32, I think, and then you won the one before that. Like, I think your worst finish in standard in the Lexus six Grand Prix was a top 32. Yeah, Omaha, when you won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but... Uh, how does it feel for you to to watch each other's uh, success? Like, what is it, you know, when you see Corey make another top eight or when you see Brad in the top eight or whatever, how does it feel? We'll start with you, Brad. Okay, well, um, it's weird because there's very few people in Magic that have these weird streaks, and I'm one of them from, like, 2010. And I remember feeling so good about that. And then, like, like 2011, I didn't have that success, and that sucked. So hopefully Corey just keeps running it up, you know, <laughs> but when, when you have these streaks, I don't even know the word to describe it because after he, he won his first GP, I was, I was more excited about him winning that than these last couple events, because wh- how do you continue to feel surprised when each event surprises you more? So I, I don't really have a word to, like, I, I was talking to Mark Calderero, one of the coverage guys. And when Corey top eight of this last tournament or when we were both going to play winning ends, he's just like, how are you feeling? And I was just like, there isn't words anymore. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling when each tournament we go to, we're both going super deep and one of us is doing really well in it. So I have no words. If you couldn't tell me an English word that could describe this feeling, I would accept it. (laughs) Yeah, we are running out of words to describe this run. Yeah. Do you two uh, always test together? Uh, how does it work when you're trying to figure out exactly how you're tuning your decks or what you should play? Right now, you're like the team or bash bros. Uh, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we always test with each other when it comes to just, you know, tuning the deck and stuff. I mean, he lives in Virginia. I live in Fargo. So a lot of stuff has to be on Magic Online. But we still interact with each other before every single tournament. And yeah, who, gets I mean, the, who gets the final say? 
Oh, Brad. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, it's not even a, it's not even something I asked for. It's something I was uh, a, a right I was given. Um, <laughs> he loves being the father figure of Genesis. Yeah, uh, not not really, but I'll I'll just accept that. But speaking of which, we we do have a, a much bigger testing group when it comes to uh, all events, even Grand Prix included. We have we work uh, really close to all of the Genesis Revelation guys from the North American side. Uh, Paul Dean, Brian Brandoon, and Seth Manfield. We just have a Facebook group where we're talking about things a ton, and we'll have matchups being played. And one of the most important things about testing for Grand Prix is being able to trust data. And this is just a group of people that if if I ask or if they're going to play a matchup and they tell me the results, I'm going to trust those results and and what they felt from that matchup. And that's going to help me streamline the week, even if I don't have a ton of time to get a bunch of reps in myself, I'm able to take that data and and make some conclusions on what we play or what cyborg cards or what we think the metagame is going to be like. So it it really comes down to continuously working but having enough resources and right now we just have five great minds that are all willing to put a lot of work in exactly yeah trusting the results i think is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. like because i mean there's multiple times you were testing a match for the pro tour and like me and paul were testing a match and we came back to talk at the end and you said it yourself like if paul were to have been crushing the sultai deck we probably would have got off it but you know that wasn't the case resolve showed that sultai was you know doing very well so yeah, I mean, we we jumped onto testing Sultai really hard just from a small sample size in our testing, but it was from, you know, Corey and Paul, who I would respect to have good concrete evidence to go off of. So um, that's just a very important thing. So, I mean, Corey and I do work a lot together, but it's it's become a family more than beyond just us two at this point. We're just the ones that reap all the benefits from the Grand Prix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just the two that are literally related in this yeah. game. And then Seth is the one who reaps the benefits from the pro tours. I think we should take his advice oh, a little oh, bit yeah. more. No. Here's a fun story. So so Seth top eights Kyoto, right? And it it he was already locked for worlds, but he got there and, and or he was close to locked, but he top eights. Then we go to Minneapolis, Corey and I top eight. He plays the same deck, doesn't do well. He won't play teamer. BBB, Corey and I were the only ones to play teamer. He wouldn't play it with us. He did bad with Ramanap Red, all three of us top four of the tournament. Then we go to DC. He jumps back on, plays the, I think he played the same deck as us. He played uh, Eldrazi, yep. Yeah, he did. Um, He didn't, he he had a more middling tournament where like Corey top Ford and I was X and two or X and one at one point and then lost three in a row, I think. Or X two. Yeah, I was X two. Okay, yeah. But I, I was going, I had a deep run as well. And at NDC, he's like, man, I'm just not doing well. Like, And I, and I made a joke. I'm like, well, maybe we have to reevaluate evaluate your game. Like, maybe there's something wrong. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I think we should. I'm like, Seth, you just top eight the last Pro Tour. I was joking. Three Grand Prix. Like, calm down, child. <laughs> and then from there, he just top eights nationals into winning the Pro Tour. And then this last Grand Prix, he played teamer with us and didn't do well again. I was like, ah, it's... it's Back to reevaluating your game, son. <laughs> and then Brad, I didn't even I didn't even tell you this. 
after this, I uh, talked to Seth and he's like, you going to run it back next week? And I'm like, yeah, man, but I, I only top eight it. I didn't top four this GP. I think I'm going to reevaluate my game a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love Seth. He's so competitive, though. Like, he comes over and he's like, how you guys doing? I was like, I'm X1. And Corey's like, X2. And uh, and uh, Petter, I can't pronounce his last name from, from Revelation. I'm not even going to try. I just, I can't. No, me neither. Um, he was XO at the time, and it's just like, wow, how are you guys doing this? Like, you're all so good at magic. And it's just like, Seth, you won the Pro Tour last weekend. How can you be jealous right now? Yeah. <laughs> Always looking to the next God. journey. I'm just not good right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Take a second, buddy. You're worth it. You're, you're doing all yeah. right. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, Corey, like, you're going into a year where you're qualified for all of the Pro Tours. Um, is this your first yeah. year, like, uh, like with gold or gold status on the in the Pro Players Club? It was, yeah. I um I reaped the benefits of uh, the rating system back in the day. Um, I just always had very medium Pro Tour finishes, but it was always enough they to keep. Not, they basically. were not medium. They were like between thirtieth and fiftieth almost every time. It's <laughs> okay, not a medium well. finish. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, I did okay then. So I was queued off those and I would only go to like two pro tours a year because when you queue off rating, you have to buy your own flights. So, I mean, it wasn't feasible for me to fly to France or something like that. But yeah, this is the first year that I got a status. So it, it feels nice to have well, to yeah. be able to fall back on that. And maybe one of your Patreons could help us with something or help me with something. I want to know if Corey's the first person ever to play a season having all four different types of buys. Where he started last season with zero buys, got to one buy, got to two buys, and then eventually got to three buys. Wow. Yeah, waking up at 9 a.m. for GPs is outrageous. Like, oh. <laughs> I know. We've been slumming it for a long time. Been there, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> uh, so, like, how do you like how do you foresee that changing, or how has it already changed, like, your relationship with Magic and the way, like, your plans for the year? Well, I'll say, like... What Brad was saying, I would say Magic didn't bring us closer together when we were younger and stuff. But now that we're older and he lives in a different place, like it's 100% just allow us to see each other. Like we're not going to travel home that often except holidays. So, you know, being locked for gold and stuff for the next couple of years, it's it's nice because no matter what, I get to see Brad more than, you know, way more than I did when I was just going to school and not traveling of course yeah it was funny um after after kyoto i went to gp minneapolis went back to see my parents and grandparents for two weeks then flew to denver and when i was talking to my dad about the trip coming home he was really excited he's like yeah and you know we could we could drive down to denver or down to fargo and and see Corey for a couple days and then come back and i'm like dad i just spent two weeks with Corey in japan and a weekend in minneapolis and i'll see him in denver and then dc and then atlanta <laughs> and like I, I'm going to see him like 70 days or 80 days out of the year now. And, and he didn't really wrap his head around that. He knew we were doing the magic thing, but he didn't get that we're because of magic and because of how stressful the traveling is that we, we get this special thing where we get to travel with a, uh, a family member that we also don't get sick of because we have to live with them. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But now we're starting to see each other so much. He's finally getting annoyed by his little brother again. And I love it. Yes. It's, <laughs> it, it didn't take long. 
you guys are really you're like cracking the sibling relationship. It's like, yeah. oh, what's the right amount of time to see your sibling? Needless uh, <laughs> to say, he gets his own hotel rooms at Pro Tours these days. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that's lush. That's lush. Well, I mean, that's not really like once I hit a certain age, and I feel like everyone gets there. Like you do the grinding thing for so long, you're like, all right, so all we got to do is find the eighty dollar hotel, shove eight Magic players in it. <laughs> You know, and we're good. We're good. And then we, we, you know, we get some peanuts and order some pizza and we are good. And now I just sit back and I'm like, yeah, I like, I like work really hard to make, make the money that I have. And it's like, I want to spend it. And and one of the things that I like is peace and quiet at Pro Tour. So I want my own room. <laughs> you know, oh, I, want, I want my own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's very high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> or my team is very high maintenance and I need to get away from them. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey, I know your hair is looking more like Yol every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too long. I need to go get a haircut. And I was thinking about getting a haircut before this, but I was lazy. So I, I didn't leave the house. <laughs> I can definitely see a little bit of Yol there. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. the height. You're getting a little bit of the height. Nice. <laughs> Corey, we asked this question to everybody who comes on the prothering. And uh, since this is your first time, the question is, why are you good at magic? Why am I good at magic? It's because of that small picture of that guy right there. (laughs) 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 No, honestly, just just playing so much with Brad. Like, I think one of the most important things for playing well is just having another person you can bounce ideas off. And I've gotten to do that my whole life. And the person I bounce my ideas off just happens to be one of the best players in the world. So I think that's a quite of the advantage. <laughs> All right, I, can I can I answer that question for Corey? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. Okay, so Corey, don't be mad. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but I, about six months ago, I, I had this realization that Corey is in fact the Ricky Bobby of Magic. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that has seen Talladega Nights. <laughs> where there's a lot of things in magic where he has he has trouble figuring it out and i'm there for him i'm there to, to do it all but for anyone to just get in a car and drive fast he is up there with the Apollos, the owens the Luises. I, I really put my brother in um continually in the top 10 of technical play at least in constructed formats that he knows and limited formats that he understands and grasps uh he can also do that but we both have one of the same downsides to our game is if we don't have a, a dense knowledge of something, we're not going to do well on the fly. But given the knowledge, we can parse it together and figure out exactly what we need to do with it. So um, I think Corey just is one of the most naturally gifted competitive players in the game. And he just has someone that, you know, can can make sure his, his ride gets him from A to B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you said it best. In 2008 in Rome, when you're like, Corey is great at the game once I teach it to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still true to this day. <laughs> when you guys go home for like Thanksgiving or anything like that, is uh, do you have a lot of, do you have to say, okay, no magic table talk? Do, the, do they lay down the law? How does that go? Oh, uh, no. we definitely still talk magic. <laughs> well, the family has us like magic, like, lifestyle questions and we talk more about the lifestyle but when it comes to the nuts and bolts of magic Corey and i can just turn it off like we'll reminisce about things we'll talk about people we'll talk about stories about stuff like that but when it comes to just uh you know i can't believe we only played three glory bringers instead of four and stuff like that we 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 never talk about that like it is a very like 
work relationship when it comes to that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that stuff, but we're not obsessed with it. Um, especially around our family, because if, if you think we're characters, it, it's a circus at home. Like <laughs> magic would just be boring. Oh yeah. <laughs> our dad still dresses up as Santa and we send our 19 year old cousin upstairs to pretend to be the reindeer in the attic. And what are you talking the, about? We still do that. No, we send her now. This last year I sent her. Um, yeah. Well, I still did it. <laughs> she's the only person in the family. In That's the entire amazing. family. And we still do Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, our youngest child is a sophomore in college right now. And we still go and bang on the roof, pretending to be reindeers, and then go down and Santa hands out presents. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i love oh, it so much so <laughs> what do your uh what does your family think of what you two do oh god we we have the we have the best family when it comes to being fans of magic i was i, I was sent a picture at the beginning of this last gp in atlanta and our grandma was recording stats and places what place we were in in between every single round. She was recording stats after round two when me and Brad both have buys to see what she doesn't understand. She still doesn't grasp buys because sometimes we do some we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So she'll just keep track of everything. And she watches Twitch constantly. Uh, She, she absolutely loves it. Yeah. It was a very, yeah. It was a cliche beginning where like, they don't really understand it. We're dedicating more of our time to it than, than the cookie cutter lifestyle decisions that most people make. And then once we started succeeding, or at least once I paved that that way, and our parents came around to it. But it wasn't until 2010 that I really saw how much they, they got excited was when my uncle and my dad, when I was in the player of the year race, they pieced together um, anyone who could catch me at the last tournament at Worlds, where Worlds back then was a three-day event that was more like a pro tour than it is now, um, they had a spreadsheet of who could catch me at Worlds for Player of the Year, including people that Wizards coverage missed. <laughs> but Wizards coverage didn't know Guillaume Magion could catch me, but my uncle did. because <laughs> So they were like, oh, if they just pretty much just broke it at like, 30 points, whatever that you get for a win. And anyone that couldn't catch me from there isn't there. But my uncle took the time to go through the team event where you get additional points and saw that Guillaume could in fact catch me. So yeah. And even, uh, even our grandma one time, we were all testing um, back in the day with channel fireball. (laughs) This is not a a good story. And (laughs) we were testing in a room full of like all of the elite pros, you know, LSV, like probably like 15 professional magic players in one room. We get a call from our grandma talking about a high profile uh, banning that happened back in the day. I won't name names, but we hear it and we're just like, wait, are you serious? This person got banned? And Brad gets off the phone and be like, yeah, my grandma just told us this. Everybody pops open their laptop. And that's how a group of pros found out about this <laughs> big situation. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be transparent at this point, but Corey is learning the ways of, of the podcast and I'm teaching him about tact. Um, <laughs> but it was in 2010. When, yeah. When, it was in 2010 when Saito could catch me and he ended up getting suspended. Um, oh, but yeah, he got right. disqualified from a Grand Prix when he was one of the people trying to catch me. And my grandma was keeping up with a Grand Prix that we weren't paying attention to. And so <laughs> I, love this, I love this so much. Your grandma is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she oh, is the greatest. Yeah, I mean, 
Did you guys get a chance to meet her in Nashville? I don't even know. Yeah, I did. I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you guys were like, our our grandma is going to be here. And they were there and taking photos with you guys. And it was it was so cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, She uh, she's always wanted to come. Well, I've always wanted to come to a tournament, but a lot of them are too far away. But she was just like, if there's ever a tournament in Nashville or Las Vegas, I'll go. And I was like, well, in fact, there is one next year in Nashville. So um, I had to make her come down there and she got, we got to go to the Grand Ole Opry and do like bus tours. I didn't know those were still things. I thought they were just like jokes that were made on TV about old people, but they do in fact have bus tours. <laughs> we took them. Um, they were fun because she'll probably watch this. I had a good time, Grandma. Um, Hi, Grandma. <laughs> I would go on another great. bus tour anytime. Yeah. I'm, I'm Grandma. <laughs> No, but it was it was it was such a fun fun uh, time having my dad and grandma there. And you guys think that maybe we talk a lot during an interview? You should have seen our father when he got interviewed by Corbin. <laughs> Corbin was just blank staring, thinking like, "Okay, I'm supposed to ask a question once or twice." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably, I mean, he's probably the most proud. You the know? most proud dad of all. Oh, he is, and he says the most words about it. <laughs> our dad. Our dad uh, is is one of the most upbeat people I've ever met, maybe if not the most upbeat. And he he's he always we have a group chat with our uh, our significant others, my mom, uh, our dad, and grandma. Just so like it's just this mass text that we'll send out at tournaments where one of us is on a feature match or giving updates, so everyone knows, and, and we don't have to text you know five people right before a feature match if they want to watch. And in that group, though, every time one of us fails, which, you know, I mean, it's... Well, don't say one of us. We know who it's... When I fail, um, (laughs) when I fail, and uh, like this last last GP and and didn't make top eight, you know, we'll get this like super motivational speech from my dad. And it's like the same every time, but, you know, like to keep the chin up and and how amazing our lives are. And it's really true. And, And the words really don't lose their meaning, but... He's just exactly. always there to make sure that like we're just having a great time and having a good moment. Cause I mean, the truth of the matter is like right now we're doing this podcast with y'all and we're, we're doing great and magic, but it is fleeting. And we really do have to appreciate these moments. Cause how long is this really going to last? <laughs> I thought forever, but oh, it will. <laughs> it will. Yeah, at, at this rate by next year, you'll have 25 Grand Prix top eights. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'll I'll add to that. Whenever Dad will give us that uplifting message, it always is followed with fifteen emojis that don't make any sense in context to what he says. Just <laughs> <laughs> to show that Dad wants to be animated, even in his text conversations. It was like a year ago when he, his phone must have got an update, and there's just a smiley face, and he's like, "What's that?" Yeah. <laughs> and his life was never the same. Yeah, he made it the last time. <laughs> it's just like there's so many options. That's amazing. If there's something you could each uh tell each other about like what you've given each other through magic or what you think might be in store for the future, what would what would you say to each other? Uh we'll start with Brad. Gray hair. Gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> <Love it. laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and you, Corey? 
Hey, I don't got any gray hairs, man. (laughs) I honestly, I'll say it's, it's, it's giving me, I want to say almost everything. Like being able to travel with your brother, the one you love, meet a bunch of new friends and stuff. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will be honest. It's, it's revitalized my career. Uh, I mean, I am in my ninth or 10th year doing this. And in the last couple of years, I keep telling uh, my girlfriend, Amber, you know, this will be like probably my last year and I'll like pivot and do something else. Maybe still in the magic world, but I just won't be a, a, ma- a magic pro. And then I, I hit platinum, go to worlds. And you just, you can't stop at that moment. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's the one moment in magic. You just have to keep going on. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the burnout of traveling. But once Corey got requalified, it really ignited the fire. Like I tried a little bit harder at the Grand Prix I go to. I, I, I try more now, um, if that's good or bad for my free time, because I feel like I'm more invested. There, there's, there's more at risk than just my result. And so so if, if I don't have the right sideboard plan in this one matchup, or I don't have the right game plan somewhere or the right cards or the right strategy – it's not just me that's going to have a bad experience or a bad tournament. Um, but at the same time, I enjoy seeing Corey do so well. I mean, I never thought it would be better than me, so I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. But that's, that's a me thing. That's a me thing. I'll deal with Existential crisis coming yeah. in. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I will say that now doing this with Corey, and we're both on this, we're both on the same team. And uh, and we have Seth there to just push us all the way to the finals, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why he tests with us, but that's great. Yeah, we unlocked a cheat code, and uh, our reward was Seth Manfield. So yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so much more fun to do with Corey. Yeah, and I think uh, I think one reason that Brad's maybe like rejuvenated to like continue playing and maybe not you know taking a different avenue after this is because every single tournament. I harass him and say, please don't quit. Please don't quit. Please don't quit. <laughs> All right, Corey, you keep on him, okay? Because, yeah. uh, man, we need him. We need him. I mean, <laughs> also with the team thing, like, if we keep doing well in the team series, like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to quit Magic uh, or at least competing on top. That's just – that's not something. And right now I feel like – I feel like if, if you know, I won 2010 Player of the Year, I've top eight of Pro Tours in other years, but it's really right. hard to say – that this isn't the my current peak. I mean, we're Corey's won a Grand Prix. I've won two this year. Our team just took second, almost actually won the team series last year. We're in first place right now. Our, our whole group of 12 is like one of the most fun groups I've ever had. We're all really good at magic. We, we care about each other. We worked hard to make this a team, but now we've become a unit. And I mean, I, I can't really let that go. Like it, this might be the best time in my entire career. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I, I've been on different test groups uh, back in the day with Brad, mostly, you know, riding coattails, but this group is, it's just the most fun I've ever had testing for tournaments, and yeah, I wouldn't trade a single person or any of the moments that we've made, you know? Except Christopher, I, I would trade Christopher. Except Christopher, <laughs> he gets a little bit to handle. Yeah. <laughs> he did shave my head in Kyoto, so that was yes. unfortunate. <laughs> well, it's back in, in full force there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God, and he's still trying to cut it every single day. <laughs> we have to distract him with booster packs and say drafts will happen. <laughs> exactly. He is like a child that needs like a coloring pad in front of him. It's just his coloring pad is booster packs. So yeah. I understand this. 
feeling. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I guess, Maria, we see you drafting just about every uh, night after the pro tour. So, yeah. Believe right? you feel the yeah. same. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta crack those packs, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much fun. Now, now that you guys do coverage, you understand. But this is one of my, my favorite things about Magic is at the end of an event like a pro tour where we've worked for weeks that like, if I look at a magic card Sunday night, I want to bomb it. And, <laughs> but, but you guys are talking and thinking about cards and people for a week straight. And for four days, you watch people play magic. And it's almost like you're fiending. Like every coverage person yeah. is like, I need to get in a corner and play whatever format I like the most. That's yeah. exactly what it feels like. Exactly it. Yes. I just yeah, love I, your use I, I of the word <laughs> Oh, oh no! It's like guys at the hotel drafting or something. And after the pro tour, I'm just like, I cannot imagine right now. But yeah, I've been playing the whole time, and then I'll go to the hotel room and BBD is firing up a draft, and no, yeah. I can't. <laughs> Little does everyone at home know that at the end of the tournament, when Marshall's like, "Here's your winner," is there anyone you'd like to thank? And thank you for all the judge staff and and the convention center and everyone in the booth. And we will see you next time in Bilboa, Spain. And then right when the cameras go off. He'll just be like, draft one in the queue. Yeah, because yeah. 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 yeah, you, you're just sitting there so watching true. it happen. You're like, oh, I want to get in there. It's like slowly yeah. building through the course of the weekend where you're just like, if I have to watch someone else play a game of Magic and be denied playing games of Magic any longer. Like, <laughs> I'm hey, I remember back it. in the day before we were on the Pro Tour, I would watch the coverage and just like immediately have to play and if we didn't have magic oh, online, yeah. I'd shuffle and pretend I was in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Absolutely. So I have to say, it was like, it was, I was thinking as we were getting ready for this, this interview with you guys, like it was just a little over a year ago. It was like in the, the team tournament in Louisville. Um, was when we first met you, Corey, because oh, yeah. we ran into you guys like afterwards, and and like it was like the first time it was like, oh, Brad's got like Brad's got a brother, and Brad was like, yeah, like we're trying to get oh, yeah. Corey back on the PT, and it was just like, <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. wild, because then like a couple of months later you were winning New Jersey, and now here you are like a year later, and you're just like the most qualified for the pro tour, <laughs> the most yeah. that it is possible I mean, to be. He, he, yeah, he locked up gold this last weekend. Yeah, yep. and I. Uh, I locked up gold in New Jersey when uh, some woman took the most beautiful pictures that weekend. I can't remember who. <laughs> Gosh, I, you know, someone, someone so talented, someone so skilled. So skilled. Someone so Megan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very Megan. <laughs> so it's, it was, it's just been like really cool to be, think back and be like, oh yeah, like I remember back when it was like, oh, we got to get him requalified. Yeah. And to see like yeah. all the hard work, all the hard work you're putting in and everything really pay off. It's super cool. Yeah, and he really didn't. He didn't deliver on his word in Louisville at all. <laughs> no, right. Majors and I really did nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was embarrassing. Like that was a that was a tournament where like I know how other people feel when they have to play against us at standard Grand Prix that because like <laughs> I did nothing right and just got punished for everything. Like that's <laughs> that's all that happened with when, when Corey and I played with Michael Majors. Because none of us are good at limited. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just really embarrassing the entire tournament. But damn it, we had fun. Yes. 
<laughs> I just love seeing two brothers like playing a game and and having such a great time. Whenever I see family members, sometimes it's often at Grand Prix they'll go and play a draft in the side events and just kind of hang out. Like, oh, this is my little brother, this is my little sister. We're learning the game, we're playing together, and I think it's awesome to see an example of two family members really having a ton of success and a ton of fun and a lot of respect for each other. Uh, at the highest level of the game. So it, it just like warms my heart whenever I see uh, people playing together because what a great way to spend time with your siblings to enjoy something that you both love so much and you can both have that shared interest. And so anybody out there, if you're like, should I get my brother or sister involved in this? The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> But you got to be ready to hang out with them constantly, which Brad, I don't know if he's still ready. But. <laughs> 60 to 70 but days a year. It's happening. It's happening whether he's ready for it or not. <laughs> well, the best of luck, continued luck to both of you on uh, all the professional uh, circuit because you're just crushing it. I don't think you need our luck at all. No. Uh, you've got we it need on luck. luck. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And maybe teach us how to draft you two, okay? And then we might be all right. <laughs> all right, we're, we're down. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's at the end of the day on a Grand Prix. Yep. Well, that's when yep. we're at our, at our peak. Like, give me those props. Yeah. Four in the queue. Four in the queue. <laughs> Thank you so much to both of you for uh, joining us on the Pro The Ring and uh, being such great brothers. Oh, thanks for having us. This was fun. Yeah, now we'll just get our cousin on so I can be in another prothering later on. Maybe in a year or two, so. Brad's running it back. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We'd have more stories about Christmas. FF Freak's grandmother, so could be our grandma. You never know. Oh, there you go. Get right. her in. She certainly sounds like she's doing her research, so. Yeah, yeah she has to know how to play by now. <laughs> I know we're closing, but you just you just made me think of one grandma story that okay. I love. Okay, please, please. We oh, need it. Yeah. We need it. All right, in, in 2015, this is eight years of me playing professional magic. I'm at my first Worlds. I finished the first day, and I'm talking to my grandma in the morning before the, the second day of competition. And she's asking me about some people. She's asking me about certain stuff. And I'm like, yeah, telling her this kind of stuff. And then she just stops. She's like, but can I ask you one question about the game, Brad? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? What do the dice mean? <laughs> I was like, well, they can mean anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's kind of a hard question, actually. <laughs> dice mean a lot of things. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you guys again. And you're, you're awesome. You know. Right back at you.